Okay, let's turn to uh, the Bible. We'll look at Matthew 6. Uh, just come back from, uh, well, the last trip was in Thailand. And I uh, haven't visited there for three years. They're doing well. They've got a little assembly there. And uh, one, uh, well, one of the purposes of going up to Thailand was to bring up these two young men from um, uh, Vietnam. And they are actually not Vietnamese. They're actually tribes people. And um, they've got a very hard life because when the Americans were there, they, the tribes people were fighting for them. So when the Vietnamese uh, won the war, uh, these people were hunted down and they had to run to uh, to um, Cambodia and then eventually come back. And then, so of course, they were searching for the Lord. And uh, one of them actually was in contact with uh, somebody here, I think, from, who was that? Who? Oh, Russell. Yeah, Russell, good fella. And uh, so eventually we made contact and and uh, told them the gospel and they got baptized and received the Holy Spirit. Uh, but you know the, the 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 life there is so different. The family life there is so different. And just to give you an idea, uh, over there the uh, the girl's family would buy the boy to be the husband of the daughter. So he's got no rights. You know he's virtually a slave. You know, talk talk about women's lip, right? I suppose that's the ultimate. <coughs> so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, so we're trying to help this little group there to sort of uh, start up with the work there. And of course, they understand the gospel about being born again. But they got very little understanding of the fellowship that we've got, you know, that, that we've come together. We've got this wonderful liberty. And there are many things that we, we were trying to help them to understand. And so we, we decided to bring them to Thailand because uh, it's almost the same background because the leader there, uh, Brother Noon was also a very poor man, had nothing, but, you know, the works there have been, been established since, uh, 1998. And, uh, he's, he's got a, a wonderful little, uh, assembly and his life is now all in order. And, uh, so bringing them there was, was such a, I think, a blessing for them and for us to see it because they're beginning to see, this is what I want. This is family. You know, this is family. And, um, and uh, the two brothers there, because they, they, their mother passed away very young, the father was a drunk, and, and so they didn't have a normal life. They didn't understand a lot of things. And, and the idea of church was just very regimental, you know. And, and, and as I mentioned, going into there, they sort of picked up a lot of things, which I think uh, with words is hard to describe, isn't it? So the theme of tonight's talk, we're going to put a title to it, is about our habit of thinking, our habit of thinking. Right, because they've grown up in this environment, their habit of thinking is very different. And uh, well, in the Bible, of course, you know, the Lord wants a man to be able to take responsibility, make decisions, that kind of stuff. Uh, but at the same time, it is not something legalistic. It's something whereby today we are saved by grace through faith, and and we we enjoy our walk, we enjoy what we have, and all the people say, okay. But sometimes we forget because we our habit of thinking sort of drags us back into a rut. Okay, so, well, starting here in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, The lamb of the body is the eye, and if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. Right? Uh, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness, and therefore the light that is in you is darkness. How great is that darkness? So, there's this thing where it's about perspective, how, how we look at things, you know. It's funny how we look at things. And in uh, in in the Thai assembly, we have this 
lady, she's a bit of a dwarf. She was born with a crooked spine and a very sad story in the beginning for her, of course, because her family rejected her when she was a child because she was, you know, deemed uh, not normal. And in their society, you bring bad luck if you're born that way. So she grew up with, of course, a very dark picture about life, isn't it? She was rejected by her own family. She had to fend for herself. And then, you know, uh, eventually she was witness to, she came to the Lord. And uh, she was just so excited when she received the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure a lot of us, when we first received the Holy Spirit, we were excited. I remember when I received the Holy Spirit, I just couldn't help myself, you know, singing choruses, singing hymns. And, and my wife tells me when, when I'm sleeping, I'm, I'm still speaking in tongues. <laughs> right? Right? Because you're just so excited. Wow, this is truth. And, you know, this is illumination. But things can happen in our lives and in our walk that sometimes we, we sort of out of habit of thinking and all these maybe bad habits and negative thoughts sort of, sort of come in and it drags us down. And this sister, uh, you know, she, she eventually got married, you know, and she thought she'll never get married. There's a brother in the Lord there that loved her and, and wanted to take care of her and brought her into his family. And it was, well, you know, wonderful, isn't it? You know, it was good for the first couple of years, but eventually this habit of thinking, uh, you know, sort of tripped her up and she sort of started fear. She said, what if this family is going to be like my family and they're going to reject me and they're going to hate me? And, you know, she became crippled. Literally, I mean, she she used to be able to walk and all that, but she has this bent body. And and uh, in my next trip back there, she was like in a fetal situation. She couldn't even stretch her arms, couldn't stretch her legs, because she was just. And and we were praying. I mean, they were praying for quite a long time for healing, and nothing happened. And um, so when when I sort of had the chance to sit down and talk to her, and then finally she sort of revealed what she was really thinking. Right. And so this scripture sort of struck and I said, you know, the problem is you stop believing that God loves you. You stop believing that God loves you. Right? And you are, you know, God already wants to heal you. God already wants to heal you. You know, there's a, there's a chorus we sing, isn't it? There's a river of life flowing out for me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Isn't it? So, when she understood that, and I said, you know, what you got to pray for is not the healing of your body, it's the healing of your mind, it's the healing of your heart. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs, isn't it? be diligent to look after your heart, for out of it comes the issues of life. Isn't it? So, she, she sort of, well, yeah, you know, she started to become happy a bit, and you know, people started to talk to her in that way. And, and uh, in my next trip, when I came back about a year later, she was walking. Totally normal. Right? So our minds can be a very powerful thing. Our minds can be a powerful thing. I came across a video recently and it was this well lady in, in Singapore giving, you know, she said, you know what? Who decides your happiness? Who decides your happiness? Who? What do you think? Yourself. Right? But Many people in the world today, because they don't have the Lord, they don't know the strength of the Lord. We get bowled over when somebody says something, do something wrong, our toes get stepped, we get offended. And we allow people to decide for us our happiness. When happiness is something that God gave you the right to decide for yourself. Isn't it? Right? And then, 
Today, the other thing that I suppose I want to sort of bring out, you've got to recognize God gave us the ability to be happy. And all the people say, the word blessed in the Amplified Bible, I sort of picked it out and wrote it. It says there, um, spiritually alive with God's life, joy in God's goodness. And all the people say, the fact that we are born again, we've got all the answers to this world and to this life. We've got purpose, we've got reason, we've got a plan, we know what's going to happen next, and we know maybe World War Three is coming around the corner, and things are happening with Russia in the Middle East, and you could look at that and decide to be unhappy, or you can look at what God has now given us and say, well, everybody's going to go through this, right? But we are the people that have made it because He's given us salvation, but we got to start believing it, we start start rejoicing in it, and all the people say, Right? And uh, we'll go to Ephesians chapter 5. Probably another well-worn scripture, but give it a bit of a spin there. Um, again, in another situation, I went up to Kuching. Kuching is in East Malaysia. We got a little, little group there in Kuching. And uh, uh, husband and wife, they, they came to the Lord, but baptized because their daughter came to the Lord in Singapore. And this uh, gentleman, uh, he's uh, Eric. His name is Eric. He's like in the mid-60s, you know. He used to travel a lot, happy with his life, and then he came to the Lord, very happy, got the Holy Spirit, and you know, he used to go to church, I think they were Anglicans, and so it was fine, uh, until his brothers started to die one by one every year. Someone came out with a cancer and the brothers started to die. They weren't in the Lord, right? So it sort of got to him, got to him. It came to a point, I mean the wife was giving us a call and I said, oh, God, then try and spend a few days with him, maybe five days or so, to try and encourage him. And he's come to a state where he'll just wake up in the morning, uh, have a bit of breakfast, lie down in the sofa and watch TV the whole day. And then, you know, he's, of course, his legs became weaker and he became weaker. And, and uh, so I was trying to encourage him, oh, you know, wake up in the morning with him, you know, let's read some scriptures, oh, I'm too tired. Well, let's pray a bit. Oh, I'm too tired, you know. After a few, few, uh, few uh, hallelujahs and speaking in tongues for about two or three minutes, he'll just give up, right? So the mind and the heart sort of gives up, you know. But God hasn't given up on us. That's the thing. You see, it's, it's our perspective, it's our habit of thinking. Sometimes how things we allow things to get into our thinking, and. uh so after about well, I mean, two or three days, I, I just didn't know what to do. And I said, I'm, I'm going back early. And he just looked at me and says, you're abandoning me. I said, but I don't know what to do. What else to do for you, brother? I said, the problem is you've decided that you wanted to die. <laughs> right? You've decided to die. God wants to give you life, but you decided to die. And I, I don't know how else to help you. Right? I mean, I mean, I was giving him a kick, really. Uh, <laughs> indirectly, and that was like maybe I think uh, July or something. And then we've got a camp in December. And you know what? He shows up and he walks into the, the camp. All alright, all, all fine, all rejoicing. And I looked at him, I, I, I went up to him and I said, what happened to you? He said, I've decided to live. <laughs> right? Right? The Lord's really given us the healing really, you know. He's really given us the healing. But sometimes uh, we're praying maybe for the wrong thing. We're looking at the physical side of things when a lot of things could be psychological, mental, emotional, whatever it is. 
right? And the Lord's given us the answer. Now, it says here, in verse 19, now I'm reading to you from my New King James, it says there, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, I think the King James says it a bit differently. Speaking to yourself. It's not just one another, it's to yourself. It begins in each and every one of us. Right? Whether that the song that God gives us in our heart keeps on ringing. Right? It's hard to encourage someone when we haven't been encouraging ourselves. Right? And and we've got, well, now fellowship, I think, wonderful, wonderful choruses. And I remember when I was young in the Lord, you know, I learned all those wonderful choruses and it just kept on going. I just didn't want to stop. You know, that I can praise thee. It's a miracle. I couldn't praise God. I didn't know how to praise God. I came from a Presbyterian background, trying to be religious and, and good, goody, goody two shoes. And I'll try and play my, my, gospel songs and I couldn't stand it. After two minutes, I'll go to the worldly songs, you know. But when I came to the Lord, I couldn't stand listening to the worldly songs. I just wanted to sing to the Lord all the stuff that had meaning suddenly, had substance. Right? So it begins with ourselves. What we allow our minds to dwell in. What our hearts dwell in. Right? And that's where the victory comes. The Lord already has given us the victory if we only recognize it, if we now dwell in it, if we confess it to ourselves. Right? Praise God. I hope that's something you think a bit about. Um, I'd like to go John 17. I don't know whether you heard, you know, Singapore, we're 51 years old, the country, and uh, in this last Olympics, is the first time we won a gold medal. I don't know why you know that, but it's a big thing for us. I know it's not for you. You guys always get goals and stuff like that. And uh, it's in swimming. And it was this young man, 51, uh, 21 year old, you know. And, and it's incredible. They, they sort of, of course, did a documentary and, you know, all, all this. Uh, of course, they were very proud of him. And they, they sort of gave us the insights into his life and the family's life. And this young man... Uh, well, four years old. At four years old, he loved swimming, and you know, he started. He was start. He, the, the coaching for him started at, at four because he just loved the water. At um, uh, eight years old, actually, he decided he wants to be a champion, a world champion. Right. At thirteen, he decided he wanted to go to America and get proper training. I mean, that's incredible for a, a person that age, right? So, of course, you know, that they were interviewing the father, the parents, oh, you know, all the sacrifice you made for him, you spent a million dollars to allow your son to go there, and, you know, of course, in Singaporeans, they talk about money, you see, right? But, you know, the father wasn't interested in talking about what he had to sacrifice, right? You could see the pride in the father, and the father said, look, I did all this not for the medal. I did all this, and I did all that I can for my son because it's about love. You know, <laughs> you can see that the the reporter sort of ooh, dropped her mouth a bit. And I said, "Wow, what what a wonderful thing to to to." I mean, this is people in the world, right? So, wow, what did you know? How does that apply for us in the scriptures, isn't it? Right? And all he wanted to do was talk about his son, how much his son. I think he had just great love and respect for his son at thirteen years old. He says, "Do you know what he had to face at thirteen years old?" 
had to leave the comfort of his home. He had to uh, go overseas, and of course, he missed home. And there are times he wanted to come back. He had to leave his friends, leave his wonderful food in Singapore. <laughs> uh, and he says, you know, and that's my pride. It's not about him achieving the goal. Right? He was talking about how much the son had sacrificed. Right? And you know what? In the Bible, when you read about God speaking about his son, he was talking everything about what Jesus had to do and what he sacrificed. That was in his heart. He didn't talk about himself. Right? And when they interviewed the son about, well, you know, well, you know, what you had to do and, you know, the difficulties that you face and, and the son's reply was, you know, I can't be who I am today. I can't be where I am today without my parents. Without my parents' love, without their dedication, right? Without them having to do what they had to do for me. Right? And I thought, wow, that's wonderful. Right? And all the son wanted to do was talk about the father. And that's what Jesus came to do. He talked about the father. He was each giving honor to the other. Right? This is the speech of the righteous. The Bible talks about it. We'll look at it a bit later. But I just want to, I thought we'll come here because, you know, it says here in verse 1, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. And you have given him authority over all flesh and that's right, that he should give eternal life, right, to as many as you have given. And this is eternal life, that you may know, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Now again, I'm reading from the New King James, but in the King James, I, I sort of like it a lot better, because it says there in verse 3, and this is life eternal. You know there's a difference? Eternal life, in my mind, is this, okay, you're going to live forever, you know, of course, when the Lord comes back. You know, life eternal is a bit different. If you look at a Greek meaning in, in this word life, it means to have or to be in a state of, um, to be in a state of, to be in a state of, let me see what's there, vitality, right? Life is to have a state of vitality. And to have life eternal, the word eternal really means uninterrupted. Uninterrupted. So you think about it there, really, being in the Lord today, we can be in a state of vitality, right? And it can be in uninterrupted. Right? And of course, in life today, we, we face a lot of things. Like I say we face a lot of challenges. We're going to have our ups and downs. But you know what the Lord is teaching us? He's teaching us stability. Stability. And one of the most important things today, uh, well, I'm 29, almost 29 years in the Lord, and I, I've got my ups and downs. And then there are times I go and I have to go on my knees and cry to the Lord and go back to His Word and, and we pray. And uh, there was a brother just uh, last week, you know, he, he, he was just sharing how he, he was just going through this battle in his mind and all that. And then he prayed and he said, well, suddenly this peace came upon him. And this peace was like 
I knew that God has taken and hurt me. Right? But you know what the Lord is saying there? Today, if you know God the way Jesus knows God, if you know His heart, and if you know the heart of Jesus like how the Father knows the heart of Jesus, you find strength. You'll find courage. You'll find peace. Right? To face whatever that we have to face in this world. The rest of the world faces it, but we've been armed. God has already armed us, but we've got to recognize how we've been armed. Right? And we've got to now change that habit of thinking. And I think Jesus, what He's done, is come to give us and show us the way. Jesus is the way. Of course, being born again is the way. But today, it's the habit of thinking is also the way. To know the heart of the Father <coughs> and to know the heart of the Son. And that's when we get healing from within. That's where we find strength. Right? So, something to think about. Let's go to, um, uh, well, this one, Proverbs, I suppose, chapter 10. It says there in verse 11, that the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life. So it's so important today, we've got to watch what comes forth our mouth. Right? I'm sure you re- recently just heard how, uh, well, the president of... um the Philippines, what he said about the president of the USA, I'm sure he regrets it. <laughs> Not exactly a well of life there, is it? But, you know, that's, that's the thing, it's habit, you know, that's the habit of, uh, the habit of speech is really the habit of thinking, habit of what's in the heart. And today in the Lord, one of the greatest discipline that we have to sort of work in, in ourselves is this, is what we allow out through our mouths how we speak, what we speak, what we say, right? It's the conversations that we hold. Because um, what goes around is going to come back. What goes around is going to come back, right? It's going to hit you. If you speak good, good will come back, right? Blessings will come back. You speak blessings, blessings come back, isn't it? So this is something, well, I think that's where uh, it's so vital uh, we've got a wonderful, wonderful gospel. We know what uh, what it means to be born again. But we got to now uh, be in a fellowship, and create the fellowship. This is what uh, everybody's responsible for. We are responsible for each other. I am my brother's keeper. We got to watch what we say, right? We got to speak life. We want to be in a state where we are vitalized. And if we do this for ourselves and we do it for, for each other, then the, the fellowship becomes vital. Right? Hebrews 10. Okay, last scripture for the night. Pastor David staring down at me. He's giving me his most vice principle look. Was it principle now? <laughs> okay. Uh, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Now, today, we are not perfect, but we are going towards perfection. That perfection is maturity. We are all maturing in the Lord, and that's what it's all about. It's about walking with the Lord, recognizing you know, our ups and downs, and recognizing now how we tick, 
and, and one of the most important things for me is recognizing the habit of my thinking. That's something that I got to sort of deal with. And that's the only thing, that's the thing that I can, I have to deal with for myself. I decide whether I'm happy or not. Or I decide others, whether others are going to allow me to be happy. Or I, I allow them to, to do that. You know what I mean? Right? So, by a new and living way which he cons- cons- consecrated for us, through the veil that is his flesh. Today we have a new and living way. This is not a religion. This is not about, well, I don't know, you gotta pray for an hour before God's gonna answer you, or you gotta read five chapters of the Bible before you're gonna feel comfortable with yourself. It's not about that. It's a living way. Right? Today God has brought us into a state where today we have a life that is vital, like with vitality. Right? He's put in the Holy Spirit to, to give us that vitality. He's given us the Word. He's given us everything. It's up to us now to take hold of it. It says there, And having a high priest over the house of God, let us now draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Today we've been through the waters of baptism. We've been through this process of being born again. But we've got to take hold of what it means to be born again. You've got to take hold of it. You've got to say, this is my right. i got the right to be happy. And all the people say, I've got the right to be happy. Jesus purchased it for us. Right? I'm not going to allow people to drag me down. Right? Jesus gave me this. Okay? It says there, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises faithful, and let us now consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as, it, as uh, is the ma- uh, man of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Lord's coming back. We keep telling people that for years, but I think it's really round the corner. And I think it's so vital that we not just attend the meetings. It's so vital that we come together, we build each other up, edify each other up, and we talk about the Father and the Son. We don't talk about ourselves. Praise the Lord for that. And all the people say, Amen. 